Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Mac and Reed Show right here on the Barroom Network. A good Thursday evening to all. Week one of football in the books here. Uh, check us out on social media, by the way. Follow me at the real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. And if you've missed any of our shows before, I know we're jumping time slots here and there. And here and there. But thank you to the Barroom Network for being very flexible. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, wherever you get your shows and podcasts from this Barroom Network. Don't forget to follow them at Barroom Network on social media as well. But a, a quick packed show, uh, we're up against the gun to 8 o'clock, and it'll be all Bears pretty much. Maybe a couple uh, quick hits on the rest of the NFL for sure. But briefly recapping, you know, the the great win over the 49ers and the slop 1910. You don't have a fucking dome for that, man. Uh, <laughs> that weather be damned. You will miss games like that. And and you sit there and and uh, shout out to all the, the fans that actually went to the game that weren't sitting, you know, in the media deck and covered and get your slickers out and all that. Because that was so fun to watch. Everybody was having a blast. Even better when your home team is winning like that. But we're going to get you ready for Bears Packers as well. Ross's keys to the game is Packers coming off a loss here. Uh, exciting stuff, man. Football just all the way back. How you doing, Ross? How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm uh, girl dadding it up. You know, wife's in New Orleans, living living her yeah. best life, and I'm left to Count pick down, up. Jump down to the wedding. A couple weeks away. Count down the wedding. Yeah, I say wife, but yeah, we we did it backwards. We had a kid, and, and now we're uh, getting married October first. Everybody, so, so send got your all, gifts. Got all shacked up. Yeah, exactly. My my vent. I'm. She got the anchor baby on me. The the Venmo is uh, at Evan Dash McLean. Anyways, so we'll dive into Bears. Uh, <laughs> if you want to send us a wedding gift, Bears want to know at home. And Eberflus debut, Ryan Poles debut, Justin Fields in his second year. A, a lot of stuff I want to touch on before we just preview this matchup because obviously Thursday and that game is only a, a few days away here, but. The elements, it's funny, you know, the people talking about bear weather and people talking about the rain, like, won't you miss that? These two teams had to play in this slop. And and I'm seeing the first half and I'm thinking, oh, boy, here we go again. This is just typical. And and you're seeing these second year struggles and it's a different offensive line kind of, you know, getting their knees under them. Uh, Justin Fields not getting that chemistry. Defense had some, I don't know, bigger plays that they would give up, but. I mean, given the elements when it started to rain even heavier in the second half, basically it was a tale of two halves, as as we all know by now. Uh, but what an adjustment when you do that, too. And to obviously you're not going to light it up. We we both knew that uh, you and I, Ross, that this was going to be very much the, the under type of game when uh, wh- whoever basically 
made the most out of those uh, key plays would be the one to come out on top in a 1910 uh, win for the bears. It, it was them. And, you know, that Dante Pettis touchdown was, was just incredible from Justin Fields. He had such good awareness in the, in the third quarter. He really got more comfortable. Uh, the equanimity of St. Brown touchdown pass too. Uh, I think it was just really a, a thorough, um, thoroughly good performance by uh, all three phases. When you think about it, I know that obviously, you know, Cairo Santos missing the, the extra point, but it was just garbage out there when the field, you you saw them, them going in with sweepers trying to get the rain off. It was just incredible. That new AstroTurf just obviously just got just beaten in and, and you saw uh, it, it was some weird games, you know, the momentum of it obviously switched into the second half into the bears favors. Uh, but they really, they finished so well. It was very surprising. I feel like when we, when we talk about Bears debuts, it's pretty down, and sometimes it's it's. I mean, more often than not, I feel like it's a nice weather game. So to see the slop, it was really impressive to see them come out on top. And Justin Fields really saving the day and and making those adjustments. Have those two touchdown passes in the second half were great. Khalil Herbert on the ground, Roquan Smith. You know, it was so funny him mic'd up, just loving the slop. Um, and then seeing it all pay off at the end with the, the slide, it was incredible with Matt Aberflus and Ryan Poles exchanging hugs and Ryan Poles in his suit getting drenched. It was so cool. It was uh, just what the Bears needed. And it was, a, you know, again, just a big middle finger to the national media saying the Bears are, you know, are going to be trash. And Colin Coward tweeting right away. I saw the Bears first offensive series and, and you know, I feel bad for Justin Fields. How'd you feel about it, Ross? You know, I mean, listen. A win is a win, right? You're, you're gonna a take a you're gonna take an ugly win over a, over a bad loss any day of the week. So you know, they're one and zero. They uh, they beat a, a a team that might be a Super Bowl um, contender this year, right? Um, the you know Justin Fields got the better of the matchup uh, against the, the battle of two second year quarterbacks, and um, I, I really what really stood out to me was how disciplined the team was on on both sides of the field. And, and we saw that in the preseason. Matt Eberflus had this team playing very disciplined, not a lot of penalties, not a lot of mistakes on both sides of the field. Um, to me, it's probably the biggest mistake of the game from, from just a mental standpoint, um, other than the Kyler Gordon kind of uh, deep pass where he kind of let up there, um, was was the kicking play, right? Was was when they tried to, to um, mop up the the field the area there with a towel and, and we all found nope. out to nobody to had ever heard it to the screen of many no right never heard of that rule before um which took three points off the off the board for the bears right and, and then santos missed another couple uh, extra points so all in all five points were, were left off the table there this could have been a bigger uh, a bigger win for the bears but that's what stood out to me they, they were very disciplined um, and then at the end of the day, Justin Fields made more plays than Trey Lance did, right? Both guys looked really sloppy for most of the game, as as you would expect with the conditions out there. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people take for granted how difficult it is um, to throw a wet football that's made out of leather. Um, it's not easy. We saw Justin Fields go to the gloves. He doesn't usually go for the gloves. Um, but then he made two gigantic plays. Like you said, the play of the Pettis, Pettis when he got um, out of the pocket and found Pettis wide open across the field, which you never you, usually like a guy going across his body, but he was wide open. He had the, Pettis had the largest uh, 
you know, yards of separation between another defender for a touchdown in week one. And then the play that he had to, to, um, to St. Brown for the touchdown was awesome, too. And shout out to St. Brown because not only did he catch a touchdown uh, in week one, but he was outstanding in the blocking game, including that huge block to, to help spring Pettis for the touchdown, right? So, you know, all in all, it, it was, you know, it, it was your quarterback making plays when he needed to and your defense playing well and really rattling uh, a second-year guy in Trey Lance in his first uh, real start of, of his career. And, uh, you know, it was good. Now you go head out to Lambeau Field this weekend. I'll be there in attendance. I can't wait. And uh, hopefully the Bears can steal one. And, 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 boy, if this team is 2-0, then, you know, things start really looking up. Tickets as low as $81, which is incredible to me. Bears Packers, it'll jump. It'll jump. But you touched on it earlier. The penalties was surprising too, right, where the Bears – had only three penalties uh, called on them. And that, again, goes back to coaching and the discipline. I think it goes back to Matt Averflus's system. It's huge. Uh, the skilled position players stepped up, right? You saw uh, with Dante Pettis. You saw David Montgomery. Uh, you know, he, he had a tough day. You saw that Equinemius St. Brown, you know, they had one catch. All, these guys had Dante Pettis and, and Equinemius St. Brown had one catch each. And they turned it into touchdowns like that's that's making the most of your advantage. And then going back to the quality of the game in the slop, like it's obviously going to come down to one player or another. And those two plays obviously stood out and won the game for the Bears. Ultimately, it was such a great team win to see that. And obviously, just the the diving through the, the muck was such a good celebration there. It was it was wild. I know uh, Cliff, uh, one of our fireflies, was t- uh, talking about how the offensive line performance was really good. It was at the tops of uh, 32 teams, one of the tops of the 32 teams, that is. And I think Tevin Jenkins, you know, really stepped up. You saw, obviously, Lucas Patrick, like what a what a great addition he was there. And Cody Whitehair, I think from inside out, you saw those adjustments. And Joey Bosa was was pretty well contained. He got one sack. You knew he was going to get something. But um, obviously, stymied by the weather, too, it was – great team win now the focus obviously shifts over to green bay and and we saw how the packers uh, obviously struggled in a divisional game and we kind of expected that when you know obviously aaron Rodgers has lost his man and right off the bat uh you know one of his wide receivers just drops an errant pass at a deep dime that should have been an easy touchdown and that momentum could have easily just carried back over into the game and and it might have been a closer game at least who knows if they would have won but the Packers you know losing at the hands of the Vikings and mostly Justin Jefferson they play different at Lambeau right and that was an off game from Aaron Rodgers we know he brings it but it can't be said enough that if you're the Bears or the rest of this NFC North right now you're licking your chops because you finally see Aaron Rodgers Kind of hurt on the offensive line, not as the great, uh, you know, unit front five in front of him protecting him, going into the rest of the season and especially the Bears into this game too at home. The wide receiver problem, obviously, there Devonte Adams when he went off and, uh, in a Raiders uniform went off for for more than the Raiders or excuse me the Packers receiving core combined. Uh, this is this is gonna probably swing the bears way you would think i'm i'm turning into the optimist here and you you think it's going to be a nice crisp clear kind of summer meets fall night uh when you go into lambeau field but you know i talked about 
the keys going into this game, Ross? What, what do you think are one of the Bears' chances, and then what are those keys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I, the Packers are still the heavy favorites in this football game, right? Just because you, you, a couple of things. Matt LaFleur has never lost uh, as Packers head coach. He's never lost back-to-back games since he's been in Green Bay, which has been for you know a couple of years now. Um, you, you have to feel like Aaron Rodgers is not going to struggle two games in a row. He's going to want to come out and put on a show uh, at in Lambeau. It's Sunday night football. Um, you know, he's going to be working hard with those receivers all week. It looks like Alan Lazard might be able to get back on the football field this Sunday, which is going to be huge because that essentially is his number one wide receiver. Um, but, you know, listen, David Bakhtiari is still out. I don't think David Bakhtiari is going to play meaningful football ever, ever again in his career. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, that Packers offensive line had a couple of holes. And to be honest with you, that's how you attack – Aaron Rodgers this weekend is the Bears are going to have to generate some pass rush. Dominique Robinson, uh, fifth-round rookie draft pick, uh, had a 1.5 sacks from Sunday. He's going to have to come out there and kind of replicate that again this week. You want to see Robert Quinn really get some pressure. You want to see uh, maybe Matt Everflus uh, dial up a couple blitzes uh, and, and Alan Williams, defensive uh, coordinator, dial up a couple blitzes and, and maybe see if they can kind of heat up Rodgers and, and speed up that clock a little bit. On the flip side, the Bears did not blitz Trey Lance at all on Sunday. They got all of their pass rush just from their front four. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see Roquan Smith and, and Jaquan Brisker and, and guys like Eddie Jackson and Kyler Gordon coming off the edge and trying to heat up Rodgers a little bit, right? Because you can't allow him to stand back there and and pick up and, and pick your your secondary apart. Um, you know, I, I think Jalen Johnson is going to be able to come out. He's going to be able to to guard Lazard very well. I think Lazard is hobbled right now, so I'm not worried about Johnson, but you still have Kendall Vildor out there. I get a little bit concerned about him on the outside. Kyler Gordon looked really good in the running game um, and, and playing at the line of scrimmage, but he did get burned on that one play that led to a big gain to one of Trey Lance's better throws of the day, right? So, you know, you need a pass rush on Sunday to, to go against Aaron Rodgers. And on the offensive side of the football, you got to hope that Justin Fields is able to, you know, we talked about this in the offseason, uh, in, in the preseason. Three steps, get the football out. Get him into a rhythm, rhythm. Three steps, ball out. Three steps, ball out, right? And, and really kind of, you know, get some of these wide receivers, you know, quick quick passes and then going downhill and allowing them to kind of use their speed and athleticism to to break some tackles. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like Blue Stones is going to be able to play this week. He's still – uh, rehabbing that hamstring injury. Hopefully, he'll be out there for week three. But you got to get Darnell Mooney heated up. He didn't really do anything in week one, right? The the, the one target he had was the uh, interception that, that Fields threw, uh, which basically was, was kind of double covered. You got to get Darnell Mooney heated up. You got to get Cole in this passing game. You got to get these guys in rhythm and start, you know, let them cook a little bit. And this might be blasphemy for to Bears fans to hear this, but I I need to see more Khalil Herbert over David Montgomery at this point. I, I think he's a better, wow. I think he's a better fit in this kind of zone running scheme. I think he's got more burst and more juice. And his nickname is Juice. And um, I think if you look at the All Twenty Two from this last week, um, David Montgomery really struggled. He struggled to kind of find a hole. He struggled to kind of bounce the, the football outside. And I think that showed. And uh, Khalil Herbert right now just seems to be the more dynamic back for the for the Bears. I, I need to see more of him out there. Obviously, he's not the uh, the the um, the pass blocker we want him to be. Montgomery's better there, but I think there needs to be more of a 50-50 split going forward. 
Wow. Well, you, you see, I mean, to that point, Ross, that's that's what we're seeing in most backfields. If you look at Jacksonville or Kansas City or a lot of the top backfield, you saw certainly more of a balance with Dalvin Cook coming off an injury within the division with Minnesota. But, man, Khalil Herbert, hard to think of that when David Montgomery is one of those guys who's been breaking tackles left and right and was clearly the lead dog for a while there. But you, you hit on a lot of things as far as keys for that Bears-Packers matchup. And, man, it, it, it goes back to me to obviously getting pressure on Rodgers. And, you know, if the Bears did this well and, and their young rookie Robinson did so well getting pressure to, to Trey Lance, if they did that well in the slop and guys are, like, trying to double-team Robert Quinn and Robert Quinn is being mostly occupied uh, and there's no David Bakhtiari to be seen – you could finally get some pressure there. I mean, Khalil Mack is gone. Robert Quinn, you're that dude. Uh, same with Al-Kadeen Muhammad. He should be able to make his first big plays as a bear, I would think. Uh, and then the secondary. The secondary playing on a clean field. No elements to, to speak of uh, on a nice, you know, crisp Lambeau field like, like it's going to be on Sunday night football. Man, they're going to play well, I would think. Uh, I think the rookies are really going to show up. I, You know, as far as the offense is concerned, obviously you want to contain Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard is coming back just to put a pin on that. But as far as the offense is concerned for the Bears, Justin Fields, man, just keep going, right? Like if you could throw those a couple dimes on two passes on, on like a relatively shitty day in the rain – uh, and a down day for both quarterbacks when it was him and Trey Lance going at each other, then you should be able to spread it around, right? You should be able to find Cole Komet. You should be able to build some more chemistry with the equanimity of St. Brown. you got a guy like Darnell Mooney who's supposed to be that number one, um, and, and spread it around. If it has to be, you know, Griffin, it has to be backup wide receivers. You know, the question, too, is monitoring Velas Jones is is what's going to be his impact onto this offense, Um but you got to be balanced. And we know, I think it was pretty evident, even though the weather dictated a lot of the plays, uh, even when it didn't, you had to throw the ball at some point. You had to take shots. But, you know, the rain in game one versus game two, you're seeing Matt Aberflus and, and Luke Getze, really. Luke Getze, you know, close to getting that game ball. We know that, obviously, Brian Poles and Matt Aberflus got those game balls. But Luke Getze called a pretty great game. And Matt Nagy was, was gimmicky. He had some questionable not going it for on fourth downs or going it for going for it too much on fourth downs. Like it was just too inconsistent. I think Luke Getzey gets it. I think Aberflus also knows the flow of the game where it'll be a lot more balanced uh, at that point. So I, I know that Green Bay obviously should be favored. It's Lambeau at the slight edge in the all-time series against the Bears. But man, it, it's going to be a very close game, I would think. Yeah, I mean, let's hope so, right? You know, again, I just want to see Justin Fields really get into a rhythm. I, I, listen, the the weather really uh, complicated things for him out there. Um, I kind of throw away a lot of week one, I think, for both guys. I, listen, I'm a Trey Lance fan, and I know he's taken a lot of shit this week from Bears fans. He's taken a lot of shit this week from the national media. I, it was a freaking monsoon on Sunday. I don't give a good goddamn who you were. Tom Brady... Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, anything like that, um, you're not going to be able to effectively throw the football in those kind of conditions. Those guys, those two young guys, I, th- I thought made the best of their situation. I would have liked to have seen them both play in like a 65-degree day with just 
beautiful sunny skies, I think we would have gotten a different result from both players, which is why I'm anxious and, 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 and I want to see uh, Fields go out there on Sunday, fingers crossed for me, because I got to sit in that stadium, and also for the, the players, that we don't need any rain, right? Because we can uh, we can start to really evaluate these guys in, in better weather situations. And I'm rooting for Trey Lance. I don't like the fact that we've got to shit on some of these young guys in year two. It's year two. They have so much growing to do. They have so much football ahead of them. And I, I just, I'm not a big fan. So, um, you know, to me, it's all about getting this offense into a rhythm. I think, um, I think Luke Getze was really uh, limited in, in what he could run on Sunday. And, um, you know, I, I think that he's going to be able to open up the playbook a little bit more. Um, I don't agree with that statement that the rain, the rain and wind does affect your reads. If you've never put a helmet on, it, listen, it looks like this when you're inside a helmet. And then when it's piss pouring rain, it's even harder to see a football. And then also back that up with the fact that you got receivers out there that are very difficult to, to run routes. You can't print your foot into a turf. It's a brand new turf, by the way, and be able to cut and move and stop on a dime. I completely wholeheartedly disagree with that statement. I think it's completely asinine. Um, but the beauty about this is we have 16 more games to reevaluate this. So if you're writing Trey Lance off or Justin Fields off or even Trevor Lawrence or anybody else off after one, I think it's, I think it's one of the, the, the stupidest uh, opinions out there. I respect your opinion. I think it's absolutely stupid. I will reserve <laughs> all of that until the end of the season, and then we can talk about it. I want, I want that clip, Aldo. <laughs> I respect your opinion. I think it's stupid, <laughs> egregious, erroneous, outrageous. That's what I think. Uh, to your point about Trey Lance, yeah, I, I wasn't one of those guys who would just drag him through the mud immediately. Like, dude, it, both these quarterbacks played their asses off, like tried to make the most of their opportunities. One just had more than the other, right? I mean, it's it just comes down to these big play opportunities. And Trey Lance, we, we've seen this. Like, obviously, with the Jimmy Garoppolo shit in the offseason, too, it kind of, you know, was that that monkey on his, his back, so to speak, where he had to, to outperform, and now people are calling, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo will be the starter by October. I think a lot of people just think that that's, that's a lot of bullshit. And, and obviously, the, the Niners have invested so much in Trey Lance. They know what he can do as a mobile quarterback. You know, they also know, too, that the majority of these games will be played in sunny California. They will be in domes, uh, and he'll be fine. He's, again, a younger quarterback, so it, it's all good there. And Yeah, Trey Lance has all the tools in the book. He's got a good head coach that is going to be able to scheme plays for him until he gets George Kittle back on the football field. Oh, exactly, yeah. Fields and Lance will both be fine, right? Let's, let's, let's see how they, this all plays out. The, the the week one hot takes they are they are a flying as always. <laughs> They're so wild. <laughs> it's one goddamn game, and we it's like Ross said, we have sixteen more to go. We can go on these, and you know, you're obviously obviously you know we're about to talk about the rest of the NFL in a moment here, but you know, putting a pin on Bears and 49ers where they go from here, and Bears going into the Packers with Justin Fields, it, you know, it's a positive thing. But I've said repeatedly on this show, and Trey Lance might be negative you might be calling if you're a Niners fan for it for his head or whatever it, it is week one it was this sloppy game where you really can't have too many takeaways I think obviously it was gritty football games and it came down to a lot of big play opportunities where you make the most of 
one big pa- two big passes here and there, and you're, you're not really going to have a, a good kicking game, so to speak of. But it is a long season. Uh, the Niners went into this this last game being one of the top defenses in the league. And you know they're going to play really good on turf in in a dome wherever in, in crisp, clean weather. And the Bears, we knew that this defense was revamped too, so we knew it was going to be a slop from there because the offenses were going to struggle what you know one quarterback just made a couple bigger throws than the other could have easily went the other way right so you can't take a lot even if the bears you know the niners start zero and two bears start two and oh it's a long season man and what you want is to stay healthy throughout the entire season so right now trey lance didn't have all his weapons right justin fields pretty much has all of his weapons but anything can happen i mean he could have easily went the other way with how terrible the conditions were so I would yeah. say that obviously curb your expectations. Uh, Ross with the photo today, though. Goddamn. It doesn't uh, it doesn't get any, any easier for these two young quarterbacks, right? One's yeah. got to go to Lambeau Field on Sunday night. Trey Lance has got to go up to Seattle, who's surprisingly 1-0 right now. Um, and you might get rain in both situations. So um, it doesn't get any easier for these two young guys. But on the flip side of that, this is this is the NFL, right? You, you have to be able to um, perform in adverse situations. Justin Fields made two better plays and than uh, Trey Lance on Sunday. He's 1-0. He gets to slip slide in the end zone and, and say that he's 1-0 and, and live to fight another week, and we'll see what happens. Now, Ross, I, you know, real quick as we switch over to the NFL, on the note of Luke Getze, did you, did you like the play calling for the most part? Bart, I feel like the coordinators, there was a big microscope under them and, yeah. and uh, obviously a lot of fresh blood there. But I, I feel like I, I liked it, right? Yeah, I, I thought so too. I thought, you know, here's what I liked is I, I thought in the first half he was, you know, their, their defense uh, was really getting the better of the Bears. Um, but what I liked was, you know, Getsy kind of switched it up in the second half. He, he had a little bit more motion. He was able to get fields out more on the edge there. I think he, we saw a lot more Khalil Herbert. Like I said, uh, you're gonna, that's going to be a theme uh, throughout this season. David Montgomery really just did not have it on Sunday for whatever reason. Um, and, and I thought he got a little bit more creative now he gets to go to uh, a stadium that he's very comfortable with um, against a team and a defense that he knows very well because he he was uh, you know, on that that staff last year. It's going to be really interesting to see what he has in store for the Packers. That I think um, you know Matt Lafleur is going to be trying to really guess you know what, what guess he's going to have and, and maybe pull some wrinkles out of his tank. But like I said, I, I think you're going to see you know as long as the rain holds off and the field holds up and looks good out there, I think you're going to see the Bears going to a lot more Khalil Herbert um, with a lot of zone read, a lot of stretch plays. I think you're going to see Justin Fields and a lot more three step drops and trying to get him into a rhythm, get the football out of his hands quickly. Then you're going to see a lot of play action as well, and they're going to do play action and really trying to get Justin Fields out on the edge because I think we've seen already throughout his young career that's where he makes his best plays. Right, he, he makes his most dynamic plays. When he's out on the edge and he can scramble and he's still looking down the field to throw the football. I personally, you know, if I were to say what Justin's next big step is to take in his career, he's got to learn how to trust his offensive line more. He's got to be able to stay in that pocket that they're creating for him and make those subtle moves to the left or right and stepping up in the pocket. Guys like Tom Brady uh, do that the best. Aaron Rodgers, you know, guys like that do that the best. And just trust what you have in front of you and make the play from within the pocket. If Justin Fields starts doing that fairly consistently, he's going to be a really good quarterback in this league. Man, you're not lying, Ross. So talking about the rest of the NFL, obviously we've won in the books here, and and I love the updates uh, from Cliff 
by the way, as he's uh, talking and, and, about the Chargers. So I, I have the game on right in front of me, which a couple of things. Number one, Jeff Bezos, this, it looks like I'm like on the field right now. It's <laughs> incredible. So it's like the Apple, dude, between Amazon and Apple, they're coming for these big networks. Apple, are. Apple baseball games were nuts. Like I, I, I don't really say like, oh, this baseball game looks good, but I feel it like is. I'm on the field. I don't but have the, background. Yeah. I need to. But the only thing is, Cliff must have like better Amazon. He must get like his Amazon Prime packages faster than me because he's like two plays ahead of me every single time. Maybe I gotta like refresh it or something. But it's, that's the thing with streaming is like somewhere somebody like depending on internet or what's going on or if your kid is playing you know Nintendo or whatever, <laughs> you, you might be like three plays behind on somebody. Right? That's what you get. That's the downside of streaming is somebody's gonna get something at different speeds. So he's like two has two plays ahead of me right now, but. Looks beautiful. The the broadcast looks amazing. And and shout out to Cliff as always for the comments and the updates. As Ross said at Ross Reed on Twitter, uh, you know all your bullshit purchases like my Amazon, uh, you know my AirPods that I purchased yesterday That's went right. straight to that that that, that streaming service. it will spend. Bad day for Jeff Bezos. He's he's dropped a, a several billion. We'll get to that later. Nah, he's cool. fine. He's fine. Uh, yeah. But man, leading off. As far as takeaways go, obviously the contenders, we know that the Bills and the Chiefs are still very much the class of the AFC. I know that certainly a lot of people uh, knew that the Bills were going to be the favorite going into this uh, this game against the Rams last week and how they, they thumped the Rams 31-10 to 10 at the Rams' house, by the way. It was, was super impressive. And then um, obviously Chiefs going in and, and playing the Cardinals, beating them 44-21 to 21 was nuts. I think Joe Burrow with his struggles concerns some people, but it's just one game and it's a divisional game where you throw out records, you throw out expectations. But other than that, man, I mean, it was very close for a lot of these games. You saw the Saints Falcons game, Steelers Bengals was again, very close. That Eagles Lions game was, was fun to watch too. Um, and then, you know, you, you saw Jaguars and commanders, Browns, Panthers, Colts Texans the first tie of the season happens like give me a fucking break like come on man we're still seeing this in in overtime we see it at 20 to 20 we see a 0-0-1 record for two teams it's just awful uh Giants Titans but but the contenders again we're seeing them and and there were some divisional matchups so you kind of again throw records out of the way but as far as the classes of of both conferences go right you see the bills and the chiefs there and then tampa going in and, and thumping the cowboys uh the nfc it's it's looking pretty open as we talked about ross it's afc is is pretty uh competitive and how that's going to be uh and then the monday night came like oh my god I don't, I don't know what was going on in denver at that point but what, what were some of your biggest week one takeaways as we head into week two right now yeah, I mean, I, you know, listen, the Cowboys look like crap, and that was before Dak Prescott went out. I think a lot of people forget sure, Dak, Dak Prescott got the injury late in the fourth quarter. They were already done, right? I thought the Philadelphia Eagles uh, were really putting a stamp on that game and really looking like a, a big contender, and then they let the Lions back into the game. The Lions only lost by three points. That game was 38-35. to 35. But what really stood out for me – you got to stay within our own division. The Minnesota Vikings, I mean, they came out. Kirk Cousins had 277 yards. 
Justin Jefferson finished with 184 yards. They they just absolutely demolished the, the Packers 23 to seven. They looked like a very good, complete football team on both sides of the ball. I told people look out for the Vikings this year. I, I bet money on them to win that division this year. Um, I think they're a good team, football team. I think uh, the coaching change was was severely needed for them. I think Justin Jefferson is one of the three best weapons in football, along with Cooper Cup and Josh Allen. And um, you know, in the AFC, we talked about this, and I listen. I put some money on it too. But Lamar Holmes, I mean uh, Lamar Holmes, Lamar Jackson is Love Lamar off. Holmes. Lamar Holmes sounds like a, sounds like a boxer. Um, he does, yeah. Lamar Jackson's pissed off. He doesn't have a contract. He saw Kyler Murray, who's old for 24 when Call of Duty has uh, double XP points. Uh, um, and he saw Deshaun Watson, who is not allowed within 10 feet of a massage you know, therapy place right now. And, and you know, he saw these guys get paid, and he didn't get money, even though he's got a, a, an MVP trophy on his mantle. And he, he took it to the, to the Jets on, on Sunday. Now, granted, it's the Jets. But I think this is going to be a common theme for him all season long. I really like the Ravens a lot this year. I think they're a really good coach football team. I think that team is tailored to what Lamar can do. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be score surf. Um, what surprised me in a negative way was was what, this, uh, was what the Bengals looked like. And Joe Burrow had, like, four interceptions. Um, he did not look good. That whole offense looked sloppy. They still were uh, in a McPherson kick for winning the game. If the long snapper doesn't botch it on, on two separate chances, they win that game, which also is, is a little bit of a testament to our old buddy, Mitch Trubisky, who was very up and down. But it was very surprising to me what um, – Still 1-0. What the Bengals – yeah, still 1-0, right? What, what, the, what the Bengals looked like uh, in that game as uh, Pat Mahomes just do a crazy sidearm touchdown right now to uh, to McKinnon. Ooh. Yeah, Pat Mahomes doing Pat Mahomes things. Listen, Pat Mahomes could have had six touchdowns on Sunday if they didn't take their foot off the gas and just the Cardinals. So he, yeah. he's also right there with the uh, with the uh, with the MVP. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson MVP race this year. I want you and Cliff doing the the play by play in color for this game. Yeah, listen, they want to pay me like like Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. I am all in. Or like Joe and Troy on, on Monday Night Football. What'd you think yeah. of Monday Night Football with them? Oh, it's Gabe calling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like Joe and Troy on ESPN? It wasn't really different, just a different network, right? It was just a different network, exactly. Same thing. I do I am a big fan of Jordan Troy though. So I, I've always loved those guys. They have age, bro. You see you see it. Talk about quality. Like they're you see the booth has aged them over however many years they've been there. But just like, you know, obviously uh-huh. we're not seeing Al and Chris as much these days. But uh, but between those two duos, it's it's a something. You know, as far as your, your takes on, you know, you like what the Ravens are doing. Can I say I'm a fan of what Washington's doing? You know, you had, you know, you're playing Jacksonville and not a lot is expected from Jacksonville. And you're at home. But Carson Wentz lit it up. He had four touchdowns. This is a guy who's come off a lot of injuries, all these expectations. And, you know, again, it, all you got to do is win the NFC East, and then who knows what happens. So I feel like between them and the Eagles, we'll see some big competition there. I really liked what I saw. And that we know that Antonio Gibson and, and uh, you know, he's such a multifaceted back. I don't know where Terry, Terry McLaurin on two catches still was able to get one touchdown out of it. Uh, I, I really, you know, I like this team, I feel like. I, again, the Eagles, like I've been predicting, they're a high-scoring, uh, ridiculous team with A.J. Brown now, an Eagle, 
going off for the tune of 155 yards and, and Jalen Hurts only at 243 yards. That tells a lot right there. Um, Detroit might be good, might be competitive enough to uh, to go and compete, at least in the NFC North, because that looks pretty damn wide open at this point. But, you know, Steelers winning a very Steelers type of football game where they're overcoming an injury to TJ Watt and, uh, you know, overcoming a Mitch Trubisky type performance in that game. Uh, but the rest of the, you know, week one, it's like we say week one, you can't take a lot, you know, you take it all with a grain of salt. Um, but that it does come back to, I, I think, you know, the Buccaneers and these top teams playing at that, that other level. Um, and it was a divisional game. It's man, back-to-back divisional games for, the Chargers, uh, the Chargers winning against the Raiders in, in a pretty tight game and a late afternoon game like that. And Justin Herbert's that dude. And I know that uh, obviously we're seeing, you know, a, a pretty tight game right here. So it could easily be very similar. And then Buccaneers doing Buccaneers things. Tom Brady had, had a down game, but playoff Lenny and, and Mike Evans, there were a couple huge plays by them um, going in and, and beating the, the tar out of the, Cowboys, but I, I don't know. I think the uh, the head coach for the Broncos was was tweeting. He's playing too much Madden at this point because it came down to put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands to try and go, you know, fourth and five and extend this game. And, and obviously, not taking the timeout was just dumb. If you're watching the Manning cast as well, uh, when either team this this could have swung either way in this type of game. But man, I. I You'd think that Russell Wilson would have lit it up a bit more. Obviously, he was getting booed in the home of the 12th man. But, you know, him and him and the Denver Broncos jersey is still very weird to me. But it was a hell of a week one. Did we miss anything on, on the note of week one? As now we're, uh, again, seeing Chargers Chiefs on Thursday Night Football? No, I don't think so. I think you know, was, we saw a lot of exciting football, right? Like, we saw – so it was funny because after the Bears game was over, I immediately switched to the red zone, and that's when you saw, like, Four yeah. games just going down the stretch, and they were all yeah. quick. A couple overtime nice. games. You know, we had a tie. We had the, the Lions trying to make a crazy comeback in that game. And, and so, you know, the NFL, as, as always, never disappoints, right? Even the, the, the later games were, were pretty good. I'm surprised that the Giants won their game against the Titans. Um, Brian Dabble showing some, some stones there at the end and really going for the win. I thought that was awesome. And then we capped it off, like you said, with the Seahawks and, and, and Geno um, – Geno Smith just just kind of coming back and, and and taking it to Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. What an absolutely abysmal coaching job by him. I, I feel like he had a lot of that. He I feel like he has a lot of Matt Nag in him, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how that football team responds because you pay a guy over two hundred million dollars and you trade a couple first round picks for him. I need the football in Russell Wilson's hands at, at, to end that game there. And, and if Peyton Manning can say the Maybe words timeout, yeah, if Peyton Manning can say the words timeout like 62 times in about one minute that, that you know, was, was ticking off there and they still don't call a timeout. They let all that, that time go off and then they don't put the ball in Wilson's hands in fourth and five. That's just poor coaching right there. And that's not believing in your quarterback. That's not believing in your football team. And he's got a lot of work to do this week to, to – to, to fix that because um, it, it, that's just some call for. This guy's got a Super Bowl trophy on his mantle. You you, you need to get the ball in Russell Wilson's fan, hands, not your kicker to try and kick a 63-yard field goal in Seattle. Hi. 
I uh, I just couldn't believe that when when that happened, and obviously the backlash was was very fierce on on that Tuesday. But you do pay Russell Wilson this much, man. Give your team a shot, and he was uh, he he had to be real pissed off of that. So looking into week two, obviously the game of the week on Sunday night football, that is, would be Bears-Packers. Um, but outside of that, you know, the divisional games, Buccaneers-Saints, Saints, you know, we saw, we didn't even mention how Jameis Winston is just just such a treat and, and such a weirdo at this point in his career. But he's, he's doing whatever he can to help his team win between, you know, him and Taysom Hill look out for the Saints. That'll be a good noon slate game between Bucks and Saints. Um as we look throughout the league, the Rams, they'll bounce back probably against this Falcons team that looks to be one of the worst in the league at this point. Seahawks, they're 1-0 against the Niners. Can the Niners bounce back? Uh, Bengals, Cowboys, Cowboys without Dak Prescott right now. you think the Bengals would bounce back, and Joe Burrow shows you he's the same type of caliber player that he was last year, and, and that four-interception performance was was just some weird anomaly. Uh, Cardinals Raiders also could be pretty interesting when you see Kyler Murray and Derek Carr uh, going at each other too. And then we get a double header on Monday night with Titans Bills and Vikings Eagles. Vikings Eagles, man, that's that's pretty good right there. Uh, anything that you are specifically looking for in your week two matchups, Ross? Any any changes in the narratives? Anything like that? Yeah, I mean, listen, what's going to happen with the Patriots, right? The Patriots struggled, um, you know, we won in, in, in Miami. And, um, you know, Matt uh, right now is battling some some, um, some issues. Um, and then we have, um, you know, they got a couple injuries in that situation there. But are they going to start 0-2 against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers? They have to go to Pittsburgh now. That's going to be a really tough football game. And then I think, like, even like the Colts, right? The Colts are supposed to be the favorites in the AFC South. And they look pretty bad in week one. And now they got to go to Jacksonville, which is going to be really hot and muggy. Um, Michael Pittman Jr. hasn't practiced this week. He didn't practice today. So is Matt Ryan not going to have his, his best receiver out there? Man, if, if the Colts start 0-2 and they, they already released their kicker this week, you know, if all of a sudden Frank Wright is, is, on, is on the hot seat there. Um, and then, you know, to me, it's it's like a must win as well for the who, for the Cardinals and the, and the Raiders. And so that gets to be a really interesting West Coast matchup there because both of those teams really can't start 0-2 either, in my opinion. They're going to be really falling behind there. So we're going to have some really fun matchups. I think that, you know, everybody's going to kind of get their sea legs underneath them from week one. I think we're going to see a lot more offense in week two. I think we're going to see some pretty good football tank games, even Tennessee going up to uh, Buffalo. That's a really uh, difficult game for them, but that should be fun. But that Vikings-Eagles game, could be the marquee matchup right there. Kirk Cousins having to go to Philly yeah. and battle it out against Jalen Hurts, right? Both those teams are, are really trying to uh, show that they are the class of the NFC, and, and it's there for the taking, in my opinion. And so both teams are really going to be fighting hard to, uh, to, to go out there and improve on the national, uh, you know, uh, the national stage that they do belong, and they're one of the best in the, in the NFC. Boy, like all the shit we give Kirk Cousins over the years, he just, I mean, obviously has the benefit of Justin Jefferson, who's a top five receiver in both our books and, and arguably top one after a performance like that between him and Jamar Chase and Devontae Adams. Like they're all 1A, 1B, 1C, depending on the week, right? And, and depending on the matchup. But Vikings putting together a very complete game. So, I, I mean, the NFC North is going to be exciting for one. Uh, but that Eagles-Vikings game, like you said, could be 
very, very close. Uh, and and shout out to Detroit. They didn't have really the hard knocks curse. I mean, I know you you left with a loss, and you're basically like a, you know 0 and 17 at this point. Uh, and Dan Campbell is, is just a walking meme at this point. But it was uh, it was an impressive performance for them to put up 35 to the Eagles 38. It was it was something else, man. Um, but week two, you know, headlined again by Bears Packers on Sunday Night Football. A lot can change for these teams. A lot can be very different from what you saw in week one, a.k.a. the Bengals' performance and the Rams' performance. Rams, I definitely see bouncing back. And and those tops stay towards the tops, um, depending on the division. Uh, and I know it starts certainly with with how we're watching the NFL right now and and the Chargers and Chiefs. Like, that's, that's a great Thursday night matchup right there. I feel like Thursday night matchups have been pretty trash in recent history and and i don't know why i don't you probably know more than i do ross about why the monday nighter uh is not in week one monday night double header excuse me is not in week one and not or it's in week two and not week one now i, I don't get that but i but i'm enjoying it they, uh yeah they pulled in a couple of those here technical difficulties evans Evan's internet is uh, is is breaking up on me. I can't understand what he's saying. All right, we're bound. Still out there, Evan? You back? I'm still there. Yeah, I've been talking. Yes. If anybody yes. can hear me, yeah. There you back. All right. All um, right. Coming up though uh, at 9 p.m., we've got the Bear Debate Show, Daniel Goodwin of the Three Kings Podcast, and Larry Goldwin of the Barroom Debate. Better one boy. another. So we will be back uh, next week. Uh, Evan and I might switch time zones again. We'll, we'll definitely let you guys know. But until then, enjoy the Bears game. Enjoy the show at 9 p.m. And peace out, everybody. Have a good night. Peace.